Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 3, continued. I thirst. To the end of her life, Mother Teresa insisted that the single most important reason for the existence of the congregation she founded was to satiate the thirst of Jesus. In the first draft of the rules, written several months after her encounter on the train, which remains essentially unchanged to this day, she expressed the aim of the new congregation. The general aim of the missionaries of charity is to satiate the thirst of Jesus Christ on the cross for love and souls. That the aim of the congregation is to satiate the thirst of Jesus on the cross indicates that her mystical experience took place in the context of Calvary at the time when Jesus, dying on the cross, cried out, I thirst. It was this scripture quote that stood for her as a summary and a reminder of her call. While instructing her sisters, she would explain, I thirst, Jesus said on the cross, when Jesus was deprived of every consolation, dying in absolute poverty, left alone, despised and broken in body and soul. He spoke of his thirst, not for water, but for love, for sacrifice. Jesus is God, therefore his love, his thirst, is infinite. Our aim is to quench this infinite thirst of a God-made man. Just like the adoring angels in heaven ceaselessly sing the praises of God, so the sisters, using the four vows of absolute poverty, chastity, obedience, and charity towards the poor, ceaselessly quench the thirsting God by their love and the love of the souls they bring to him. There was much more behind this explanation than she ever revealed. But by words and example, her followers would grasp the meaning of the grace she received that day. Mother Teresa knew that only by being united with Mary, the first one to hear Jesus' cry of thirst, could she fulfill her mission. Thus, she exhorted her followers, Let us always remain with Mary, our mother, on Calvary near the crucified Jesus, with our chalice made of the four vows, and fill it with the love of self-sacrifice, of pure love, always held up close to his suffering heart, so that he may be pleased to accept our love. Thirst, a physical need that craves to be satisfied, a painful longing for what is missing, became synonymous for her with particular aspects of God's love for each person. A few years before her death, 
Mother Teresa would remind her followers, Jesus wants me to tell you again, how much is the love he has for each of you, beyond all that you can imagine. Not only he loves you, even more, he longs for you. He misses you when you don't come close. He thirsts for you. He loves you always, even when you don't feel worthy. For me, it's so clear. Everything in MC exists only to satiate Jesus. His words on the wall of every MC chapel. They are not from the past only, but alive here and now spoken to you. Do you believe it? Why does Jesus say, I thirst? What does it mean? Something so hard to explain in words. I thirst is something much deeper than just Jesus saying, I love you. Until you know deep inside that Jesus thirsts for you, you can't begin to know who he wants to be for you or who he wants you to be for him. This profound mystery of God's thirst for love and for souls was engraved on her heart on the journey to Darjeeling, and she was called to reveal it to the poorest of the poor. In the first rules, she identified this special mission. The particular end is to carry Christ into the homes and streets of the slums, among the sick and dying, the beggars, and the little street children. The sick will be nursed as far as possible, in their poor homes. The little children will have a school in the slums. The beggars will be sought and visited in their holes outside the town or on the streets. She would labor elaborate and broaden the text to read, our particular mission is to labor at the salvation and sanctification of the poorest of the poor, not only in the slums, but also over all the world, wherever they may be. The poor and those who suffer most were the particular object of her love. She knew that only love, a love that has God as its origin and end, would give meaning and happiness to their lives. Like the Good Samaritan, through her immediate and effective service, she was intent on making God's love concrete to the poor in the desperate situations they encountered in their daily lives. Through her simple works of love, she wanted to help them live their lives with dignity and give them the opportunity to know God. The salvation and sanctification of the poorest of the poor, or the salvation of souls, thus meant for her an untiring effort to help everyone encounter God's infinite love, and having come to know him, to love and serve him in return, thereby reaching the blessedness of heaven. Not only did Mother Teresa bring the light of Christ to the poorest of the poor, she also met Christ in each one of them. 
Jesus chose to identify himself with the poor and with all those who suffer. And he affirmed this when he said, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Mother Teresa grasped the depth of Jesus' identification with each sufferer and understood the mystical connection between the sufferings of Christ and the sufferings of the poor. Through her humble service, she endeavored to bring souls to God and God to souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God are guardians dear to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Mother Teresa, on September the 10th, 1946, experienced Christ speaking to her on this train ride, she's alone, and she heard this call within a call, this call within the missionary life to go and satiate Christ's thirst for love in the poorest of the poor, to go into the slums. When this happened to her, according to Father Brian Kolodechuk, and he must be right about this in his analysis, that the experience of Christ speaking to her was somehow of Christ on the cross. That it was to satiate the thirst of Jesus on the cross. That was the focus. This is the general aim of a missionary of charity. And so we have to put ourselves on Calvary. We have to make real to ourselves, if we want to understand Mother Teresa a little bit better, if we want to follow her, we too must make real to ourselves that Christ died on the cross. We have to picture him. We have to realize that. We have to read about it. We have to try to make real what was going on there. As Christ was dying, he spoke, according to the Gospels, seven different words. He spoke seven times. And one of those words was, I thirst. Now, when they offered him vinegar, when they heard that, he would not drink it. Now, our Lord had been on the cross at least three hours. He'd been carrying his cross. He had been in prison all night. He'd been tortured. Certainly, he was physically thirsty. But was that all he was saying? And Mother Teresa is telling us absolutely not. He was saying something much more than just a physical thirst. He was speaking of a thirst for love. When he sat down at the well in John chapter 4 and the woman of Samaria came, he said, give me a drink. 
And she said, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink of water? And he said to her, if only you knew the gift of God and who is speaking to you, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Now, after a long, beautiful conversation of which he still hasn't drunk anything, his apostles come because it's midday and they had gone to get lunch in the town. And they said to him, Master, eat. Now, he was hungry. He was tired. But he said, I have food that you don't know about. And my food is to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, there's physical hunger, but there's another hunger in Jesus. And his main hunger is to do the will of his father. In like manner, there's a thirst for, that Jesus has, a physical thirst at this well, on the cross. But that's not what he's really thirsting after. Not ultimately. That physical thirst is a symbol, a sign of this longing to be loved and to love. That Jesus Christ longed for the love of that Samaritan woman. Now, she had been married many, many times. Our Lord knew that. And after their long conversation, she rushes off to her town and says, come and see a man who told me everything I'd ever done. He knew everything that she had ever done. All of her desperate attempts to find love, all of her sins, all of her mistakes, all of her adultery, everything. He knew everything. And she knew that he knew. And he thirsted, he wanted, he longed for her love. And so we need to picture Jesus on the cross. And we need to apply that, that when he says, I thirst, he's expressing a longing, a desire for love and sacrifice and souls. He's longing, he's thirsting for each of the people he became incarnate for to love him in return, to make sacrifices, to offer themselves, to know him. And what did St. Paul say? The Son of God loved me and gave himself up for me. And so where this has to begin for each one of us is realizing that that thirst is for me and for you. The Son of God loved me and he loved you and he gave himself up for me and for you. As though we were the only persons in the world. Why? Because it was his Father's will, yes but also because he himself thirsted. He longs for a relationship, a prayerful, loving relationship with each one of us. He thirsts for you, Mother says. He doesn't just love you, he thirsts for you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.